Today we have the pleasure of hosting Tisha Beatty from Daya Houston. Tisha serves as Daya's Director of Outreach and Prevention, and she'll be sharing insights on navigating the teen romance roller coaster, a guide for concerned parents. I love that. <laughs> good morning. Good morning. Good morning. It is so good to be here with you ladies today. Yes. Yeah. Definitely my favorite ladies in Houston. Oh, <laughs> we love you too. <laughs> so let's begin with this topic. It's, um, yeah. you know, it's an important topic, you know, especially for our teens Absolutely. who nowadays I think goes, go, is going through so much, you know, with, oh my gosh, with yeah. everything else. And then we have this as well, right? Absolutely. And you guys are the subject matter experts, right? You guys are the parents. Yeah. And so <laughs> I am really excited for this conversation today just to hear how you guys did it and also what the research and the, you know, everything else shows on right dating violence yes so um as all of us know it is teen dating violence awareness month so tisha tell us why is it important and what can parents do to engage their teens in conversations yeah teen dating violence awareness month is i think it's one of the most important you know awareness months that do exist of course every awareness month has its own importance but i think With violence and how, you know, some of the listeners might have tuned into some of our previous episodes where we do, you know, talk about how teen dating violence, uh, there's so much domestic violence prevalent in the teenage years. And sometimes us as humans, we kind of brush it off that this is just a childish relationship, you know, it'll end soon. But those are very important years for, you know, children growing up. Uh, they're developing their understanding of relationships, right? They're developing um, these thoughts that what is normal and what is not normal. Right. And so during this month, uh, we really try to raise awareness about, you know, teen dating violence and its prevalence and what the red flags are, mm-hmm. um, how parents can kind of help guide their, you know, teenagers who are who have this newfound independence yeah. um, and they're trying to navigate you know, high school, college mm. applications, dating, their friendships, friendship breakups, actual, you know, romantic breakups. So there's a lot on their plate. And um, this month, just overall, our hope is to raise awareness and provide these young adults with, you know, or teenagers with tools to ensure that they're navigating their relationships in a very healthy way rather yeah. than Um, learning, you know, things from social media or, you know, learning things from mass media like Netflix TV shows that are very unhealthy, like Euphoria, for example. I, you know, I as an adult watching that, I sometimes like have to recoil and I'm like, oh my gosh, this is what teenagers are watching these days. And this is their idea of a relationship. Mm -hmm. And so to answer your second question, like what, how can parents, you know, yeah. play a big role in keeping their teenagers, you know, in healthy relationships and mm-hmm. healthy overall? I think opening up a, a opening up this conversation, opening mm-hmm. up the room to have this conversation. Um, I know a lot of parents do think that they're very open minded and that they're 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 super cool and relatable. But then. You know, sometimes I've heard feedback from the youth that I work with that even though their parents are quote unquote cool with other things, they have never opened up the door to have conversations about dating because there's such a big stigma 
in our community about dating as teenagers, but teenagers are still dating, you know, they're yeah. still getting into relationships. And if you don't have that door open, they're not coming to you to talk about what they're going through within their relationships. Yeah. So what are some of the red flags? Earlier you mentioned about red flags. So. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. So red flags, the biggest one I want to talk about mm -hmm. is that, um, that, you know, that romantic thing that pe people always think this is so romantic, but jealousy. Oh. Jealousy in relationships. Um, I don't know why on mass media has been shown as this super romantic thing where like, oh my gosh, like my partner doesn't want me hanging out with anybody of the opposite sex because they're they're worried. But, you know, I think it's cool because it's like they're being protective over me. But yeah. jealousy can lead to a lot of the other red flags, uh, which could be, you know, the verbal abuse, the isolation. Mm -hmm. Of course, you have the physical stuff, but, you know, um, that's one of the lesser common types of abuse within teenager, uh, teenage relationships. So jealousy is a huge red flag. Um, verbal, you know, making jokes at the expense of your partner. So... Imagine if Lynn, Lynn, you and I are dating and mm -hmm. I, you know, we go out to dinner together with our friends and I'm sitting there and I'm making jokes about you and the whole, you know, our whole dinner table is cracking up, but you're uncomfortable. Yeah. That is a way of showing everyone that you have more power, that I have more power over you because I'm, I'm joking about things that you might even not want to share with the whole group, you know? I'm 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 making you feel uncomfortable. Yeah. So that I can have the power in that moment. So that is one of um some of the things that I've heard out in the community that those are red flags that teenagers have seen within their own relationships. Yeah. Brings me back to my days. <laughs> Adults, some 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 spouses do that to the other spouse just so that they can show that oh I'm the boss. Absolutely, absolutely. And I think you know uh, I don't I think if you haven't been taught these things from early on, you might not even see that that's an issue. But it really is a a, a form of power and control when you are able to have such a big influence on you know people's perception of you and people and especially in oh my gosh in our south asian culture i don't know why it's so normal that parents even are cracking jokes about their children yeah. you know they're just like oh if my kid manages to graduate like what is that doing to their self-confidence yeah. and like True, maybe that yes. they're seeking that validation in other people rather than in their own circles right mm -hmm. so it it Kind of that stems, there are so many different problems stem from this type of behavior, whether it's your own family making jokes about you or your friends or your partner. It it really breaks down the self-confidence of a teen. Yeah, that's so true. Like, you know, even the possessiveness, right? Mm -hmm. Like, I mean, I went through that with my, with you know, when I was young, a teenager, and I was in my first relationship. Mm -hmm. And I never, knew, I never realized that, although my sister did. And um, I was, uh, I was like, what, 16 or 17. And um, the, f the first year was very, you know, like, casual, and, you know, really nice. And you never realized, right? But as the years go by 
it gets worse and not realizing and I'm just like always oh, just love right it's just yeah. love and my my sister would always like you know she she would go this is not right and she's younger to me and she could see that mm-hmm. and I just ignored all of that not realizing that you know this this is not love it's just a lot of possessiveness because like you said it starts off with uh, a pretty picture mm-hmm. right but then after that it's like no you can't do this you can't do that you can't go here you can't go there even with your friends right your girlfriends you can't do that and uh, so all of that happened with me and i you know never ever thought and then also because my parents you know like even then we we hide that relationship with yeah. our parents we don't have that open communication right so my dad was always like the strict parent so we I, you know only my my siblings knew that and uh, my cousins did but you know like all the time i never even my friends would tell me like you know this is not it's not it's not like healthy yeah but at that age you're so <laughs> So you don't want to listen to that. <laughs> you're blind in love. And, you know, what you said is really important. And I think we've emphasized this before, too, is that these relationships, like unhealthy relationships, don't start off that way, right? They start off like a romance novel. Yes. You, know, you are being swept off your feet. You have Prince Charming or Princess Charming there. And, and, you know, everything goes right. And that's why it's so important to know these red flags is because they won't all pop up at once. Yes. It'll, they'll start popping up, you know, from time to time. And that, that's when the cycle of abuse starts, right? Is that at first everything is great. You're in the honeymoon phase. But yeah. then tensions start rising. And then there's an explosion, which could be yelling, screaming, hitting, Um, you know, giving you the silent treatment, that's huge in the, you know, teenage community. And then there's the apologies. So you think everything is fine because this person has apologized, but it's really hard to recognize then that like, oh my goodness, I am in that cycle again. Is that there's the apology, there's there's the tensions rising, there's the explosion. And you just get sucked into that. And before you know it, you're in an abusive relationship. Correct. So it's really difficult at that age, especially, to recognize yeah. that, hey, I'm I'm going through something terrible right now. Yes. But when even when you say like hitting, I mean he he never um he never hit me, mm-hmm. but he would hurt himself. That is that is another form of, you know, psychological abuse because yeah. if you are witnessing somebody that you love so much and so dearly, right? And you care for them and they are threatening to or are actually hurting themselves. That is keeping you in it as well, right? It's right. keeping you in the relationship. It's giving you nightmares at the end of the night, you know, uh, because that is a tactic. They're, they're, they don't want the power to be in your hands. It would be one thing if they're like, you know, um, saying like, oh, if you hurt me, I'll leave. But no, if if they're hurting themselves Mm. in that moment, they they're they're maintaining that power. They're maintaining that control over, you know, this whole relationship. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's it's good we're talking about this because Mm -hmm. when when, you know, many times we talk about the physical abuse and then we don't really talk about the emotional, psychological. Mm -hmm. So that is another form of abuse. And this was which I didn't know, because in my like for me, it was like he's harming himself. I got to protect him. I got to be you know, I I should be uh, 
like be nicer or be you know like listen to him right but yeah. not realizing everything was so absolutely not healthy at all. these are things yeah. that you know aren't aren't visible to the blind eyes so right. unless you are talking to your parents or your friends or siblings cousins about it they won't know that this is happening right mm-hmm. and that and unfortunately because we don't talk about this enough right you know parents aren't sitting you down and saying hey this is not normal if if your partner is ever saying that they're gonna hurt themselves like you need to immediately let us know so that we can talk to their parents that those conversations aren't happening because frankly a lot of south asian parents are just saying don't date Mm. what happens when you tell a you know angsty teenager not to do something what do they do they do Do the opposite yeah Yeah. of course and i mean yes like growing up you know you can have different types of families you can be very obedient and not date and not you know um kind of break those rules but yeah majority of teenagers especially in 2024 they are getting into relationships whether we know it or not (laughs) that's true (laughs) i'm sorry to the parents who are listening (laughs) in but it, it it's such an important fact to know that this is happening yeah, it's it's part of life, right? Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. And that's why I, I tell my son, like my older son, when he started dating, um, you know, the first thing I told him, you have to respect her. In order to get respect, you got to respect her first. And whatever it is, you know, don't, um, you know, don't lose your control. You can always talk about it. And um, I said, she's my daughter, mm-hmm. so I will protect her. <laughs> Oh my god. I remember saying that to him. He's looking at me like, okay, mom. The things I would do to have like a mother in law, like, we gotta teach our sons, you know? Like, the. Absolutely. That's what it it has to be. That's so amazing. So, uh, technology, Mm -hmm. right? That's. devices and all that right now it's like every teen is on the device and you know how what tips would you share with us uh, for parents that can monitor and guide their teens uh, for online relationships that is such an important question as you just mentioned we are living in a like extremely digital age where even i find myself being online majority of the day i mean hello like i'm doing my work online Mm. i'm researching online i'm looking at social media just to gain information and so is the youth of today Mm -hmm. right and kids as early as like eight or nine as young as eight or nine are getting access to phones now or ipads Mm. or whatever techno technological device that they have yeah And so I'm going to break it into like two age groups, right? Because um, there is that age group of, I would say, like childhood to maybe like 13, 14, that I think parents really need to monitor their use of social media because there are a lot of, uh, you know, really dangerous things that exist out there like catfishing. You know, um, adults are creating profiles that look like their children and they're requesting children to be their friends online and convincing them to send pictures or telling them what school do you go to? Mm-hmm. Um, and their profile picture is a, of a child, you know? And so when you're that young, of course, you want to make friends online. Of course, you want to, you know, gain followers. So at that age, it's really important for parents to have access to looking at 
the Instagram messages, maybe the the you know text messages you're sending, uh, your child is sending, because that's like one example. But it it becomes even more dangerous when, for example. Uh, you know, friends are taking pictures of their friends yeah. changing or, or or doing something dangerous <laughs> and putting that online for the world to see. And they're they're not understanding that there is a digital, you know, footprint that exists and that anything you post online today will exist now for the rest of your life online. And so... Parents can do a really, uh, you know, they can play a very important role here yeah. in just making sure that, you know, your children aren't really posting uh, pictures that could in any way um, affect their future, right? Yeah. That's one. Um, monitoring messages that, hey, if you think a profile looks weird and your child is sharing their school name, their age, their location, um, how old they are. I, you know, if we're connecting with somebody, none of our friends are online really asking us how old we are, right? So it's really weird that that is acceptable in that age group, you know? Yeah. And so just parents recommending their, you know, it, that their children don't send that information and giving an, a good explanation. Because the yeah. last thing I want to say is make your child feel like they're being watched and policed and monitored. But really giving them a reasoning behind why you are looking into their messages and guiding them properly. Um, and when you do explain that to that, you know, the, since you've been born to maybe 12, 13-year-olds, um, you know, that will open up those doors uh, to having conversations about healthy relationships, about mm -hmm. internet safety and keeping yourself okay online you know and yeah. and never putting yourself in a situation where you can be taken advantage of online um i don't know if you guys have heard of all the horrific things that are happening with artificial intelligence and how yeah. ai can now um turn a picture into something that it really wasn't even you know in the first place so there's a lot of um extremely creepy and dangerous things happening especially with children yeah and it that is one reason why a lot of now parents who are posting their children online they're taking off the pictures they're not posting pictures of their kids, kids anymore. right yeah. And so then the second age group, right, which is teenagers, yeah. like 13 and up until they're, frankly, 18. <laughs> uh, I wouldn't recommend looking into their messages that I'm speaking from my own experience. I would hate when my parents ever did that. And I, I never understood their reasoning. And they never really openly told me either that why they were like looking at Skype was huge back then. You yeah. Skype with your friends, especially when I would go back to India yeah. and for the summer, I would Skype my friends all the time. They would look through my messages sometimes, and I would be, I would feel really violated because I was like, I'm supposed to be independent now. I didn't really understand the term independent back then. <laughs> 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 but I'm supposed to be independent now. Why are they looking? Um, but it it definitely, um, there's a better way to go about it. Like, you can be friends with your children on Instagram, Facebook. You can see the stories that they're posting. And you can definitely keep an eye out, um, even at home. Like, what kind of, you know, pictures are they taking out and about? And are they, are, are they 
you know, reposting some inappropriate content possibly that's, that's, you know, um, maybe not considered socially acceptable. And so at that age, I would really recommend that parents talk to their children and ask them like, Hey, are you posting these things? Like, Mm -hmm. I'm not trying to make you feel as if I'm targeting you or picking on you, but giving a really thorough explanation at that age. And yes, you will get pushback because they are teenagers, but it'll plant that seed in their heads that like, hey, I can't be posting stuff that, you know, possibly could end up um, ruining my chances of getting into college or or making somebody who's close to me feel a certain type of way that I shouldn't post a, you know, quote unquote, bad picture of my friend online, you know, because it it goes beyond the screen at that point. Real emotions are involved there. Um, And monitoring your children's Instagram to also, if they are dating, to see that, hey, are they, you know, it, it sucks to say this, like, are they actually like going and doing what they were telling me that they're doing? Because if they're not, chances are there are a lot of other things also happening behind the scene, which you need to have open conversations about, you know? Like, if they are possibly (laughs) becoming sexually active, that you need to take the time out to talk about, you know, sexual health and safety. Mm. Even if if you don't want your child to be doing that, you still need to have a conversation because at the end of the day, I think you guys, you know, y'all as parents yeah. really just want your children to be safe. Yeah. And so see what's right for you. See, research what at what age, what is appropriate and what is not. And follow your intuition to having these conversations. Yeah. Boy, it's a tough age. <laughs> I'm glad I'm past that. It's tough. I mean, I know I can really like see parents, they are going through a lot. It's not only, you know, there's so much going on besides, uh, besides dating, besides, Mm -hmm. you know, all of that. Um, Nowadays, teenagers, it's, it's not easy. Because yeah. with all this social media and everything, and uh, actually a few weeks ago, I was having this conversation with, uh, you know, with a family member, mm-hmm. and he was, um, even here, his kids are grown up too, and he was telling me, like, when his kids were in that teenage stage, mm-hmm. and they, and that time Facebook and everything was pretty new, right? So uh, they, they told him, they told him just don't uh, I'm not going to accept you as my friend on Facebook and don't follow me basically and he said I respected that because Mm -hmm. I have to trust that you're doing the right thing Mm -hmm. because sometimes you know like it's he was afraid that if he does the opposite they might just retaliate or do something else right right? so he said I had to trust my kids and I didn't um, you know I didn't Ask them, like, put as a friend request. Mm-hmm. And, you know, luckily everything was, they have this, I guess it's because it's the open communication, like you said. Right. So they were comfortable enough to tell their parents that. Oh, wow. Okay. And, I, you know, it's so different, yeah. right? Because, I mean, we are talking about things where we have to kind of, like, you know, make sure they are. But sometimes teenagers, you never know. But then there are some teens who are very open with their parents, I guess, and say, hey, you know, you, yeah. if you trust me, don't do this because I appreciate you um, respecting my privacy. Mm-hmm. That's amazing. And like, ideally, that should yes. be Yes. And I was right? like, wow. And But 
I just know that, you know, when I was growing up, like, Facebook was the biggest thing. Yes. And so I, I definitely asked my parents. I was like, I will keep you as a friend, but don't comment on my stuff. Don't post pictures of me on my wall or whatever it is. And there is an understanding that, yeah. like, you know, I will keep this door open for you, but I also want my own autonomy in this case. Right. And because they were able to kind of see on their end that I wasn't posting anything weird, I wasn't, you know, um, kind of engaging in any activities that were inappropriate to them, I never got my, like, rights to Facebook taken away. I never never had them monitoring me or helicoptering me in any way. But that is because they had kind of those doors a little cracked open not all the way open to me coming to them with any issues that I was facing I wasn't allowed to date but I do know I could go to my parents if god forbid if anything happened I knew I could at the end of the day say hey I messed up and you know I'm sorry but this is what is happening and I know that at that point they would have been upset but they would have sat down and like kind of worked through everything with me and so that I think that's what's important is like even if you don't have this very explicitly open relationship with your kids even even giving them the idea that hey you know I you're never going to disappoint me you're never going to make me upset I'm never going to yell at you scream at you if you come to me with a problem Yes you don't have to say hey if you start being sexually active come to me you can just say any of that, you know, that I previously just said, that'll give them the comfort of coming to you. And parents want that, but parents aren't opening up that conversation with their kids the either. Yeah. And so, I mean, gosh, it is <laughs> such a wild age. I sincerely apologize to the parents out there having to deal with all this social media and everything crazy yeah. online. Exactly. So how can parents foster op- Actually, Oh, you- oh she- we are going on break. Okay. <laughs> Man, the time just goes by so fast. What? I'm like, what? We just, started- <laughs> we just started the introduction. <laughs> Have I been talking so much? <laughs> All right. So let's just go on a short break. And when we return, we will continue our conversation with Tisha Beatty. This is uh, Chai Time 103.5, Hum FM. Welcome back to Chai Time on 103.5 Ham FM. Uh, I'm in conversation with Tisha Beatty from Dyer, Houston, and uh, we have been having such an interesting conversation, right? So we're going to continue with that, and we were talking about open communication. Mm-hmm. So how can parents foster op- open communication with their teens to create a safe space for discussing dating experiences, concerns, and red flags? Yeah, and that's a great question because I think... Um, we, you know, we've discussed in the last half of the session, like, what are the red flags? Yeah. Like, you know, how can parents, you know, better monitor their children to make sure that they're not engaging in any unhealthy behaviors? But I think the the root of the issue of, you know, online safety can be resolved by, you know, or not even online safety, safety in general can mm-hmm. be resolved by open communication. And how can parents do that? I think first there needs to be research in you know internally within the parental unit, right? That what age is my child at? What is common during these uh, you know this age, within this age group? 
you know, is, are they starting to date at this age? Are they starting to, um, you know, are there hormonal changes that we need to be aware of that, you know, of course there's a direct correlation between like puberty and like the desire to date and maybe become, um, you know, physically active in activities. Um, I don't know how to put that in a way that (laughs) does not freak parents out. (laughs) Um, but starting with, you know, research, there's this website, it's called loveisrespect.org, and there are so many great resources on there for parents, mm. um, and they can kind of click in on the age group that their child is in, read about what's normal, what's not normal, what's healthy, what's unhealthy, and develop that understanding. Yeah. Because if parents go in to creating an open relationship with their children and having open conversations... Um, They need to know, you know, what to even bring up. You Mm -hmm. know, if you're bringing up puberty to a 15-year-old, you know, they've probably already crossed that path and they've moved on to other things. Um, So know what's appropriate for your child in that age group. Then second of all, just really understanding that there are going to be difficult conversations there is a need to be open and open-minded. I think the uh, vast majority of the South Asian population, I know we want to hold on to our culture and yeah. what we were taught when we were younger, um, how our parents function, how our grandparents function. But realizing that your children are growing up in a completely different generation than you and what was normal for you is not normal for them. What is normal back home is not normal here. Um, And, you know, everything can change as per, like, individual experience. Even the part of town you live in can influence behaviors of different types um, within the child. And so understanding that you need to have difficult conversations. You can't get around having an open relationship but not being open to talking to your kids about you know, sex or mm. dating or, you know, dating abuse, violence. You yeah. have to tell them what exists out there. You have to tell them how to be safe in those situations. And you possibly might have experienced something in your own life that you could tell your children about, you know. Um, like you could share your stories with your, you know, future yeah. children. And you can, you can, Tell them that it's okay that, you know, if they are facing an issue in their lives surrounding teen dating violence or, you know, unhealthy relationships, that you come to me first. Like, Mm -hmm. don't, because I am your parent, don't feel uncomfortable coming to me if you notice that, you know, your partner has becoming, is becoming increasingly jealous Mm -hmm. of you and what, you know, what you're doing and doesn't want you to hang around your friends now. Um, don't hesitate to tell me that because as a parent, your focus shouldn't be on, oh, my child is dating. Your pa- your focus should be now on, okay, my, you know, my child is going through this and we need to work through that, get, you know, have an open conversation. So, I mean, <laughs> long story long, I would say, <laughs> is that in order to foster open communication you know having difficult conversations but ongoing difficult conversations right that if you start talking to your toddler about 
hey, this is your no-no zone. Nobody should be able to touch you in this no-no zone except for your parents when giving you a bath, all of these things. Then when they become like, you know, like seven or eight, you know, hey, you might be seeing some changes in your body, you know, don't freak out, don't let anybody ask to see you, Hmm. whatever. Then when it's, when you're a teenager, uh, you know, talking about hormonal changes and how you might have certain desires when you are going through these changes. Those are difficult conversations, but if there is an ongoing pattern, there's never going to be that awkward feeling, right? Yeah. There's never going to be... Uh, the child isn't ever going to recoil and say, oh my gosh, why is my mom or my dad talking to me about you know this information? So... But it's never too late to start either. If you haven't been open with your children, you know, in the past, now is the time that you learn more about your child and what, you know, notice how they are with their friends and if they're, what they're talking about, what the friends are talking about, what are they watching? And maybe you can relate to what you want to talk, you can relate what you want to talk about to something that they're watching as well and showing that that's not okay or this is okay. Yeah. And main thing is the acceptance. Like mm-hmm. for parents have to accept that first, mm-hmm. like this is going to happen or, you know, be so many parents. Sometimes I talk to say, I just want to keep them with me and I just want to keep them in this bubble. I just want to protect them. Mm-hmm. But you can't. The The reality is they are growing up and you have to grow up with them. Yeah. You cannot just, you know, accept like just expect them to be that age right. they are they are growing up and they are going to learn things they are going to be exposed to more and more things mm-hmm. and especially like we said social media itself right so the acceptance and i guess for parents that is really hard sometimes for them to accept that there are so many parents who put their kids into so many activities right. thinking they can prevent all of this because <laughs> they are kept busy right, right. <laughs> but then it can happen anywhere Absolutely. And you're so right about acceptance and just understanding that, you know, as much as you try to prevent something, you know, like dating happening or or hanging out with like, you know, people of the opposite sex, like you always, it always has to come down to acceptance on the parents' part. Then that acceptance does lead to a better, healthy relationship with your child as well. But it, I'm not saying that this can happen within a day, right? It, it's a no, process. Yeah. It is a process. And it takes parents time to adjust. And it takes the children to uh, time to adjust to their parents' change. Because right. if you go from you're not allowed to date to now being like, oh, child, please tell me when you're in, you know, if you're in an unsafe situation... The child's going to be like, what in the world just happened to my <laughs> <Yeah>. parent? <laughs> so let it be gradual. Let it be natural. Yeah. Because children are way more intuitive than we think that they are. They yes. can sense these changes. They can sense that, hey, my parent is becoming cooler and cooler. Or like, you know, my parent is now completely gone crazy because they've been reading on you know dating violence and all of these things so let it be gradual but you know be prepared to have difficult conversations yeah and you know like with me um when I think about it like when my kids I always had this rule in the house like we have to, no matter what, we all have to have dinner together. Mm-hmm. And of course, that time we didn't have cell phones, but no yeah. TV. 
So we all had to sit at the dinner table, have a conversation, talk about how, how was school, and you know, have this conversation about uh, what you did in school, or talk about their friends, anything. Just have a conversation, but no TV. Mm-hmm. And um, my kids grew up that way. Right. Like, but even when they were teenagers, I said you can go out. Um, you know, after school, you can hang out with your friends, but dinner time is at seven. You have mm-hmm. to be home. For dinner time, because I felt that, you know, we I was a working mom Mm -hmm. and there was no time during the day because, you know, with the kids, even when they come home. So I would always make it a point to make sure that uh, we are all sitting, four of us are sitting uh, at the dinner table, having our conversation and enjoying our meal. Mm -hmm. So I made that and I I guess it becomes a habit as well. So even the sometimes, of course, the kids had um, things to do at at school or anything. So they would say, mom, I'll be late or whatever. But many times, like on weekends and things like that, it was always sit at home, let's have that dinner and um, have a conversation. So I felt like, you know, that way we are, they're getting comfortable with us and we are also getting comfortable with them to not uh, have those uncomfortable conversations. Absolutely. So it's it's a gradual process, right? So, Absolutely. And, and that's, that's what you said. Amazing that you did that because I think you were then able to see if your child was displaying any different types of emotions, right? Maybe if they were recluse one day or very talkative one day, you could see those changes, right? Because it was such a, it was a gradual process and you built that relationship. Yeah. And I think that's really important too, is if you're, if your teen, you know, starts acting very differently than they usually do, that means there's something probably going on in their lives that you are not aware of right now yeah and that you may need to look into that if they are very social and then like you know for the past couple weeks at dinner for example they haven't been talking as much yeah look into it you have now the ability to have that conversation because you've built that relationship yes recognized how they have been for the last few years and how they're acting now yeah, yeah, because like, you know, otherwise you would never know what what emotions they are going through if they had a bad day at school. Absolutely. And uh, many times, you know, the kids like they just go into their rooms mm-hmm. and we, we think, OK, let's just get, leave them alone. Mm-hmm. But I, I don't know. For me, I'm just like, no, you know, we should talk about it. if you're having a bad day. What happened today? Right. You know, how was your day? Things like that. And there so. are great ways to do it. Like we, my, <laughs> my friends and I, whenever we go out to dinner, for yeah. example, at the end of a really like long week, what we do is like we, we talk about the roses and our thorns of the week. So the roses are like, okay, what was amazing about this week? And the thorns are, of course, like what kind of was hurting us this yeah. week, what what made us uncomfortable. And just being able to talk about those things with my friends, yeah. it makes me feel really uh, good about myself because I'm like, hey, I'm not alone. Um, my friend might be going through something that I have already been through and I'm right. able to guide them or vice versa. Right. And as a parent, you have that opportunity to also make it into a fun activity. And then you can kind of... I don't want to say monitor, but keep an eye on what is happening in your child's life. And bullying is so prevalent, you know, dating and weird, you know, it might sound weird too, but like in, at that age, if you're dating a person, it might encompass, it might take up your child's entire day and like thoughts, you know, all of the things. So if you see 
any changes coming up as you know yeah. we've talked about just really um being open to taking it head on rather than just letting your child go to the room and figure it out on their own yeah i mean yeah you give them the space but mm -hmm. then at the same time you have to go back and kind of like get them to open up to like get them give them that space to kind of calm themselves down or i mean everyone each parent knows how their child is so right. it, it's different <laughs> Absolutely. I think my, both my parents were so different in their approach to yeah. me uh, growing up. It was like, my mom was like very emotional. So like, if I, if anything happened, I would never go to her first. I would go to yeah. my dad who was way more like, all right, tell me what's happening. Can we figure it out or not? But like, when my dad was just too logical, I would go to my mom and I'd be like, mom, <laughs> guess what's happening? I definitely use them for their strong... <laughs> they know that <laughs> till this day <laughs> okay so what role does education play in preventing teen dating violence and how can parents and schools work together to raise awareness yeah oh my gosh so education i think is the solution to all problems and i don't say this because i'm biased and i do a lot of the education on these topics but I really mean it. How are you supposed to know if something is right or wrong for you if you don't even know it exists, right? Yeah. So how do I know if I'm in an unhealthy relationship if I've never been taught what a healthy relationship is, right? Yeah. And I'm not saying, you know, we need to talk about warning signs or red flags. I'm saying we need to model and talk about healthy relationships, whether friendships, family relationships, romantic relationships, and educate the youth on what is good hmm. so that when things are not good in any way, they can say, hey, this is, this is not normal. This is a red flag. I'm not comfortable with this. Um, education plays a huge role in, um, you know, the youth and adolescent ages, like understanding of life in general that's why you know so many motivational speakers and stuff always talk about displaying and playing out what it means uh, playing out something for children that age because mm -hmm. they they follow actions more yeah. than they do you know reading up on something so like displaying what it means to be nice to each other what yeah. it means to give somebody consent you know mm. like hey you've had a long day like can i give you a hug mm. like if parents just start saying that they will understand that hey maybe now everyone who wants to hug me without my permission is kind of weird you know like yeah. maybe maybe that act is um not as normal as i thought it was because i think that's how i would learn is that hey if my parents start asking me like oh hey, like, let me give you a hug, like, or uh, le can I give you a hug? Like, yeah. you know, and really waiting for me to say, sure. Yeah. I would say, hey, when I'm going on a date with someone and they're trying to hug me or whatever and they haven't asked, it would make me think twice before proceeding, mm -hmm. right? I, I hope I'm making sense here. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, and then also, I think... Going back to, you know, I, I might sound like a broken record. Yeah. In order to really educate your your teen and child on healthy relationships and unhealthy relationships, you can really use examples that you're seeing. 
you know, out and about. Like, I used to do this all the time. I used to be like, well, like, Barack Obama and Michelle Obama allowed their child to do this. I'm going to be able to do it, too. <laughs> so, like, using those examples, my parents would say, oh, okay, yeah. maybe. That's fine. But um, if you can be relatable, you can you can stay on track of what's trending online and talk about it. Um, just like if we're talking about online safety, Taylor Swift, unfortunately, is going through um, these horrific things online where, where her mm-hmm. body is being recreated by artificial intelligence. If you talk to your child about Taylor Swift, I can guarantee they're going to listen. <laughs> <laughs> and if you say, hey, look, this can happen to her, it could yeah. happen to you. Right. Um, so this is why we don't post online or like uh, post pictures online that could end up somewhere, you know. Um, just really trying to relate to your child in a way that you would want to be related to. Like, as a child, you have to think back on what did I go through as a child that I wish my parents did differently? Yeah. And and how how can I use my life experiences today hmm. to make sure that my child doesn't have to possibly go through the negative experiences that I've had in my life at one point? Yeah. I was having this conversation with uh, with a friend of mine and, you know, she has a teenage daughter and um, she has uh, she loves TikTok and, uh, you know, all that um, different social media platforms. Right. And then I was just saying that, you know, I really think we also need to talk to our kids, like create that self-confidence mm-hmm. and self-esteem within themselves like make them realize that having those likes and views are not important absolutely because i think nowadays you know the kids are so like they want to see how many likes they get how Mm -hmm. many views they get and that and they feel appreciated Mm -hmm. so we we need to change the way we talk to our kids and and build their self-confidence and make them so strong they don't need uh, they don't need the attention that way. They don't need yeah. to, you know, get feel important that way. So That's I was having that conversation with them, and I said we have to change the way we talk to our kids, really, and and not like say, oh wow, you got so many views. That's great. Keep mm-hmm. it up, because then you're encouraging them, and sometimes that could end up not being a good thing, right? Absolutely. So building the self-confidence, getting them to realize their self-worth, not mm-hmm. through all, you know, through TikTok or anything else. So I think it's so important. such an important point because I think a lot of times parents uh, directly relate, like giving accolades to their children, making, you know, telling them that they're proud if they're making an A on an exam, right? So right. the child goes out of their way now every time to make A's. Yes, that's a dream come true for most South Asian parents or parents in general that, oh my gosh, you know, my kid's doing so well, but don't only tell them that you're proud of them when they make an A. Tell them that you're proud of them on a bad day. Yes. Tell them that you're proud of them on days where they don't feel proud of themselves. Lift them up because if you're not giving them that validation, I can... I can say that they're going to seek that validation from somebody else and or through another form of, you know, communication with somebody that they that maybe because they're not getting validation from grades anymore. And now they're going to start, you know, posting pictures online and looking at how many likes they're getting. And, you know, you're and we always at Daya talk about how, like, you need to love yourself before you can love others. 
And when you start seeking validation in a romantic partner, then, you know, that's when things kind of could go bad is that you, you don't love yourself enough. So now I'm now all of my problems will be solved when I get a boyfriend, (laughs) you know, because my boyfriend will give me that love and attention that my parents aren't giving me or I'm not giving myself. But guess what? Then if my boyfriend doesn't give me that validation, imagine how terrible then oh I would feel. Yeah. And then I would seek it again and again. And that gives what? My boyfriend all the power and control. Right. And so it really stems. I, I'm so grateful that you brought that up, that loving yourself, like knowing your worth. Um, that is what the theme of, you know, our teen dating violence awareness month is, is, you know, you, we want to reset the standard for ourselves and for others. And by resetting the standards, we're unlearning unhealthy thought processes, right? We're unlearning yeah. toxic masculinity. We're yeah. unlearning uh, gender norms. Mm-hmm. And we're, we're elevating our standards by saying, I'm good enough, yes. whether I'm with somebody or not. Right. I am worthy of receiving healthy love from my family, my friends, my partners, um, And I will be a great citizen of, you know, this world by saying that I won't accept, you know, unhealthy behaviors towards other people and I won't display unhealthy behaviors towards other people. Yeah. Okay, we almost have to wrap up. <laughs> How? <laughs> I haven't covered everything, but we'll revisit it again soon. <laughs> so before we wrap up, anything you would like to, you know, send a message to our listeners today? Absolutely. Um, it is teen dating, teen dating Violence Awareness Month. So I would really encourage all parents and just even if you're not a parent, if you're an uncle or aunt or, you know, young person listening and really do research on what it means to be in a healthy relationship Mm -hmm. and write it down for yourself as well that what is my ideal healthy relationship and anything that you see any relationship in your life that you see that doesn't meet those standards elevate them whether that means you know having an having a tough conversation with that other person um, and also, speaking of Elevate, we are having our first ever Elevate conver- uh, conference this upcoming Saturday, Saturday, February 10th, from 9 a.m. to 4 p.m. You can find more information on www.diahouston.org. Uh, we are almost sold out, so please uh, you know, save your spot while you can, and we look forward to seeing you soon. Yeah, and I've seen the list of uh, speakers you have, and you're one of them too, so... <laughs> Yeah, that's great. That's really great. And anyone wants info, just go on to your website, right? To Daya's website. Thank you, Tisha, so much for, you know, making the time and coming here and talking about this important topic. I'm so glad we covered quite a bit today. Absolutely. Thank you so much for having us, as always. And we will see you all next month. Yes. (laughs) Thank you, listeners, for tuning in to Chai Time. We shall see you next week, same time, same place. Signing off. Uh, Chai Time 103.5, HAM FM.